0: What is the gayest-looking uniform of the four major branches of the U.S. military? Which branch of the military uniform makes me want to tap dance and sing show tunes, all the while my gerbil stares nervously from his cage? Welcome my friends to the Idiot's Toolbox. I am your idiot of idiots, Ryan Hercules. Your time is way too valuable for any inane banter. So let's get right to it. Recently, I was in the airport heading to Crazy Town, USA, also known as Miami, Florida. Despite despite South Florida's many faults, many, many, many faults, it's an open state and I have in-laws there. It was a busy Saturday in Atlanta's airport with the usual mix of mutants, retards and fools manning the TSA checkpoints. As I finally made it to the gate, I took notice of my fellow passengers. There were parents trying to corral their rambunctious kids, teenagers ignoring those parents, and parents ignoring each other. I sat in the seat that was previously occupied by a small suitcase. You know the person that puts their carry-on in the chair next to them, despite the fact that there's no other open seats? You know enough about me to know that I'm the guy to ask them if anyone's sitting there so that they have to move their luggage so I can sit my fat ass there. I'm always amazed at how surprised these people look. How surprised they look when I ask them to move that suitcase so that I can sit down. Interestingly, I find that women are the ones that most begrudgingly move that suitcase. And they're not even hot. And once seated, I try to be as noisy and squirmy of a neighbor as possible. If they talk loudly on their phone, I do the same, but louder. If they start watching a video on their phone without headphones, I watch something really obnoxious like the Red Zone Touchdown montage. I have zero tolerance for selfish selfish assholes. I honestly get a little bit of joy in calling them out on their bullshit. One of my favorite moves to root people who use bags to block people from sitting next to them, when they finally move the bag and I sit down, I make sure to press my arm against theirs. I will slowly initiate contact with my arm, ever so slightly increasing the amount of my arm that presses up against their arm. And once they've finally retreated onto that armrest, I will hold onto it like the Russians held on to Stalingrad. I have zero tolerance for rude people. And for some reason the airport brings them out. Selfish pricks can't help but being selfish pricks in an airport. For those of you who watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think we're drawn to the show because deep down we all want to be like Larry David. Not short, Jewish, and bald, but we want to be able to call people out for being such douches. We want to call people out who overpost pictures of their kids. We want to call out the person that orders three $12 drinks and a dry-aged Kobe steak at a restaurant when he knows that the meal is being split. We want to call out annoying people in line that when they finally get to the register, only then do they start digging for their money. We want to call out the person still on the phone when the light turns green. We want to call out the parent yelling from the stands at a six-year-old playing in a t-ball game. We like Curb Your Enthusiasm because Larry David has made a long-running show of doing just this to people. So I'm at the airport and I'm in, in my line of sight is a group of military guys, in this case. These guys were from the Navy. They were obviously new recruits, just based on their age. They were all young, maybe 19, 20, old, dressed in their sailor's outfits. You know, the one with the little odd-shaped white hat. Actually, initially, I wasn't even actually sure they were military sailors from any military I thought they could have been a group of gay guys heading down to San Francisco for a sweaty weekend romp. I was literally struck by how gay that US Sailor's outfit actually looks. The guy riding the 12-foot paper mache cock at the Pride Parade looks less gay than these new recruits. Who designed that Sailor's outfit? Rear Admiral Pillowbiter? Look. I know I'm busting chops on the US Navy. I have a deep respect for the job they do, but they just look like such fairies doing that job. Was there a sailor in the musical group, the village people? If not, it's because the other village people were like, nah, we can't have a sailor, that's just too gay. You're overdoing it. We're we're, we're musicians, man. I know the term Fruits and fairies is not PC and somewhat antiquated. For some people with no sense of humor, that term, terms might even be offensive. But humor is often like that. Humor is provocative. It pushes buttons and it brings up emotions that make us deal with some of these closeted issues. Closeted issues. That too was humor. And listen... I have a lesbian sister that would be offended by all of this. But it's the taboo of saying those words that make them funny, so just relax. Anyone else there have the misfortune of having a feminist, lesbian, vegan older sister? I got totally ripped off in the sister department. Why couldn't my older sister have been Gwen Stefani or Trinity from The Matrix? So anyway, I'm at the airport and a group of new U.S. Navy recruits, freshly minted, are huddled together in their navy blue sailor's outfit, looking as masculine as Clay Aiken. Have you ever seen what new Marine recruits look like? New Marine, look, new Marine recruits look like badasses. That's how they look. Marine Marine recruits with their shaved heads, their camos, their boots, their steely gazes, they look like ass kickers, and they dress the part. I was looking at the scrum of Navy recruits, and I half expected them to break into verse from Rent or Phantom of the Opera. Sing, you sons of bitches, sing! Sing! I wonder how many guys don't join the Navy because of the uniform. I bet a lot. Don't laugh at that notion. I've known people that have not applied to certain colleges because they didn't like the college's nickname. Wherever you go to college, you are that mascot name forever. Go Cox, South Carolina. Go Pygmies, New Mexico Tech. Go Banana Slugs. UC Santa Cruz, go Lord Jeffs, Amherst. Maybe it's possible that you, that you US, that you UC Santa Cruz alum had no idea that you were about to become a banana slug. Maybe you had no idea that when you applied to UC Santa Cruz, that the mascot's name was the banana slugs. If you had known, would you still have applied to a college where the mascot is called Sammy the Slug? When the Board of Regents approved that mascot name, were they drunk? Did they not give a fuck about what that says about their school? I understand that UC Santa Cruz has an admission rate of 100%, but why make more of a mockery out of the place? I'm sure they spent way more time picking the food vendor or the economics chair than the mascot's name. I bet they spent more time picking the drapes for the provost's office than on the mascot's name. How could the Board of Regents certify Sammy the Slug? What other names were considered that weren't selected? Rodney the Retard, Donny the Dunce, Barney the Brainless? If 60% of your student body's primary language is something other than English, maybe you should shoot for a more inclusive mascot like Sammy the Cis Slug. I'm just saying, images and everything, but it's definitely something. The U.S. Navy outfit that I see these young recruits wearing at the airport is awful. If you're 19 and your only move is is the armed forces, then I'm going to surmise that you may not have been valedictorian of your high school's graduating class. And as such, you may not have even known or even considered that you were someday going to be wearing that Navy uniform. But maybe no one cares. Maybe I'm the only one looking at that uniform, dying to ask one of the recruits if his uniform came with tap dancing shoes or asking if he's shipping out to Fire Island. I think a career in the armed forces is great, I do. It's a career path for the bottom 25% of our public high school graduates. I don't say that mockingly, I say it realistically. A career in the armed forces is honorable, just like any other profession. The part that annoys me that I honestly don't understand is why do we have to suck ass on anyone wearing a uniform? Why do people give up their first-class airline seats and give it to someone in uniform? Why do people clap on a plane when guys who couldn't get in a junior college walk down the aisle? Why? And God, I really hate this. I mean really, really, with every fiber in my body Hate when people say, thanks for your service. Just hearing those words silently infuriates me. I love this country. I do. It remains a beacon of hope to the tired, the poor, and on the huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Just because I criticize institution and institutions in this country doesn't make me a pinko commie fascist. It's so easy to be called unpatriotic or un-American the second you want less federal dollars spent on the military. I'm not unpatriotic. In fact, I fly old glory outside of my house. I just happen to think the U.S. military gets way too much of my tax dollars. But I also think social programs do too. My point is this. I don't mind young kids choosing the military, but there's no goddamn way in the world I'm giving up my first-class seat to them. Even if I had a first-class seat, which I've never had. Those kids chose the military because they had limited choices and it was the best move for them. They chose the military and not Princeton because Princeton only accepts the wheat and not the chafe. They chose the military because it was the single best career path for them. The weekend course given to chiropractors was too great of an intellectual barrier for most of these kids. So it was Army, Navy, Air Force, or Marines. The Armed Forces has all sorts of very lucrative incentives to get these young kids to join. You know why the US government provides incentives to join the military? Because no one would join otherwise. But what about love of country, defending our country against offshore threats, laying it all on the line for America? It's a giant steaming heap of horseshit spun by the armed forces media machine. The bottom line is that no one joins the army For all that shit, it's because of the benefits and a steady paycheck, and most of all, a legitimate career path for high school bullies, dropouts, and gang members. Those kids, those new recruits, they have the same amount of patriotism as I do. They love this country probably the same amount as I do. They would defend this country as much as I would. They just had a lot less choices coming out of high school than I did. They joined the armed forces because it was the best move for them. I think we can all agree on that. Same as cops and firemen and teachers. Well, everyone, we all make career choices that we believe to be in our best interest. As such, I don't get why we feel the need to kiss ass on someone in uniform. They're getting paid to be in that uniform. They are pursuing a career track in the military. They want benefits from the military. They want and demand career training from the military. They want stuff. It's not about defending the honor of the stars and stripes. These are not unpaid militiamen fighting on principle like in colonial times. When this country was fighting for its independence from the crown Local militias were formed to fight the Redcoats. These were volunteers. These, These were men that had other jobs and careers. Many were farmers, some were merchants, but they volunteered with zero benefits. They volunteered to pick up a weapon and fight for this country's freedom. They risked death and financial ruin. They wanted nothing in return for fighting for this country, other, to, other than to end the tyranny. Jesus, we could learn something from these guys today. Fighting the British was not a career path. The government was not providing educational money or a pension in the 1770s. These men were patriots in the real sense of the word. The 19-year-old recruit that barely graduated from high school in, in Arkansas is not a patriot. He's not a volunteer. He's a kid looking for an opportunity. In return for putting on that uniform and picking up a gun, he's getting a lot of financial rewards. Fighting the British was an incredibly dangerous proposition. If you were caught, you faced an immediate firing squad. The Brits were known to burn the barns and houses of those found cooperating with the rebel forces. What motivated these men to risk death, imprisonment, economic ruin, harm to their families, to lose everything that was important to them and their loved ones. What did they risk it for? For what? General Washington was not promising them anything. There was no pension. There was no training. There was no college tuition. Nothing. Just hardship, misery, and extreme risk. For what? For many, it was the love of this land, not ye, not even yet a nation, their love of freedom, the promise of a better tomorrow for their families and their children. That's it. That's what they risked it all for. Don't you dare compare those motivations to the motivations of today's military recruits. Don't you dare sully the incredible sacrifice made by the men who died to give birth to this nation. If I was to meet any of those colonial militiamen that fought in our war of independence, I would stick my hand out to shake theirs, look them in the eyes, and I would thank them for their service and them for their sacrifice. I would insist that they take my seat on the plane. It annoys me that I'm supposed to feel anything for today's military personnel, that I am somehow supposed to recognize them as doing something great for this country. What about cops? What about teachers? Holy moly. Teachers have far harder jobs than just about any other profession. Teachers are underpaid. They're treated like crap by their principals in the educational system and in particular parents. Teachers are harassed by disrespectful kids, and teachers are handcuffed to remove those troublemakers from the classroom. Teachers are not respected nor very appreciated by our society. The turnover rate in their profession is frightening. Yet most every one of us had a teacher that made a difference in our life. Almost every one of us can look back and remember that one awesome teacher that gave us direction and made us better. For me, it was my history teacher, Mr. Fitz. Mr. Fitz was tough, yet kind and supportive. He will never know how much he meant to me. If I'm going to say thanks for your service to anyone, it's going to be to the teachers of this country and in particular, Ted Fitz. Somehow we've been duped. We've been fooled. There must have been concerted effort to move this nation and make this nation suck ass on anybody wearing a military uniform to feel that just because someone has chosen a military career path, that we should be indebted to them. We need we need proud, patriotic Americans to push back on this. For the love of everything that is great and honorable in this country, do not fall for the ass-kissing of the military. Too many other people are deserving. Too many other people make real sacrifices for the betterment of this country and for zero personal gain. If you don't wanna shake a teacher's hands, shake a teacher's hand, there's many other groups more deserving than the military. This incredible country of ours, has millions of volunteers making their communities better places. Volunteers, volunteers meaning they're getting nothing for their service. They give time, effort, and money to make their communities better places. They give of themselves for reasons I won't even guess at, but not for personal gain. And doing something for personal gain is what separates these 20-year-old military recruits from a real volunteer, from a real hero. Let us, Ryan Hercules and his listeners, utter these words to you, all the volunteers out there who ask nothing in return for your sacrifice and your service. We thank you. I appreciate, appreciate you listening today, my friends. Spread the word about this show. You can reach me at the Idiot's Toolbox podcast at gmail. See ya.